Psalms chapter number 8. Stand with me in honor to the reading of the word of the Lord tonight. Psalms chapter number 8. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord in this place tonight. Verse number 3 and verse number 4. found it say amen when I consider thy heavens the work of thy fingers the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained what is man that thou art mindful of him can you imagine that the God that made heaven that with his fingers made the moon and the stars. That God is thinking about you right now. Isn't that awesome? What is man that thou art mindful of him? Not only is he thinking about you, and the son of man that thou visitest him. Aren't you glad that Jesus visited us Amen. I'm glad I'm on his mind, but I'm also glad I'm in his presence. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, and the stars, I want to preach on thoughts of the night. Thoughts of the night. Lord, I pray that your anointing would be on me to preach. God, I pray that you would bless everyone that's here in the sanctuary tonight and everyone that's watching online. I pray, God, for your anointing to flow through me, oh God. I just want to be a conduit for you to move through. And God, I pray that you would bless your people with this word, Lord. Let it find good ground in our lives and let it bring forth fruit in Jesus' name. Accomplish your plan and purpose in the name of the Lord Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Oh, that's right. Let's praise him some more tonight. Amen. Can you give him some more praise right now? What if your praise was the key to unlocking the door of your breakthrough right now? Oh, hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. This particular psalm we talked about for a while this morning. If you have not heard this morning's message, it's sort of a part one in a sense. But this psalm was written apparently from the perspective of a man who understood the blessings of God and the glory of his presence. The psalmist said, when I consider thy heavens, the word consider here means more than merely to look at. The word consider means to inspect or to, to, to have vision, to regard carefully, to observe, to give attention to, to gaze at. The psalmist is saying, when I inspect the heavens. 
when I really look at the heavens, when I have a clear vision to observe and give my attention and gaze at thy heavens. The image is, is that of a man who is taking the time to really look at something. Have you ever known folks that they just glance at stuff and never really see it? We're not talking here tonight about a, a, a mere glimpse or just a glance or a passing look. But this man, the psalmist, is staring at the heaven and considering the work of the hand, the fingers of God. In my mind, I imagine a man sitting or maybe laying on the ground and looking up intently at the sky. When I consider thy heavens, he says, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. The man is not looking at the brightly lit daytime sky. There's no mention of the sun in this phrase. When I look at the moon and the stars, I'm not looking at the blue skies of a beautiful day. This is something different. This is the dark. This is the nighttime. The day has given way to the darkness. The light has given way to the night. If you remember the disciples on the road to Emmaus, their compelling plea to the master was it's toward evening and the day is far spent. It's nighttime. You don't need to be out walking at night. It's evening and it's dark. They were aware of the dangers of the darkness. Jesus himself said, the night cometh when no man can work. The psalmist said, weeping endures for the night. Darkness and night symbolize a world without God's presence. God's first act was to create light and dispel darkness. Symbolically, night is the time of suffering. It's when suffering is at its worst. It represents obscurity, loneliness, rejection. The nighttime symbolizes depression and discouragement. Jesus said in John 11 and 10 that if a man walks in the night, he will stumble. Lamentation said that the nighttime is the time to cry. The night symbolizes sadness and problems and unhappiness, depression, oppression, discouragement. Paul told the Thessalonians that we are not of the night. Amen. If I was in the mood to meddle, I'd say people are supposed to sleep at night and wake up in the morning, not sleep in the morning and wake up in the middle of the day. But I'm not going to go there right now, although I just did. I'm not taking it back, but I'm not going to hammer it anymore. It's clear that the Bible uses the night to symbolize those things that are most dreaded by humanity. That's one of the reasons that Psalm 8 stood out to me. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, 
the psalmist is not looking at the beautiful daytime sky, but he's looking at the darkness of the night. He said, I'm considering the moon and the stars, not the sun and the blue sky. It's not daylight. It's not beautiful. Right now, it's night and it's dark. It's the time when no man can work. It's the time when men stumble. It's the time when darkness is upon you. My friends, my brothers and sisters, it's easy to see the glory of God in the daytime when you can see the trees and the hills and the blue sky. It's easy to praise the majesty of the Creator when the light is shining on your face and the light is shining your path. But in the nighttime, when creation is covered with the shroud of darkness, it's more difficult to see the glory of God. The psalmist said in Psalms 56, he said that I may walk before God in the light. The Bible said joy comes. Oh, somebody knew where I was going. Joy comes in the morning. The Lord is the light of my salvation. The Lord was a pillar of light, a fire to give light. Oh, yes, anybody can praise the Lord when the light shines on you, when you can clearly see his blessings in the light of day, when you can look around and see his glory everywhere. But this is not the daytime of all time. This is the evening time of all time. There is a spiritual darkness that is pervading our culture and our society and our world. It seems like hell has prevailed. It seems like evil has triumphed because there's darkness everywhere. But my brothers and sisters, we cannot adopt a defeated mentality in this day and this hour. There is darkness in the world, but there shall be light in the evening time. I've come to preach to Bethlehem Church a mindset of praise in the darkness of the night. When I consider the moon and the stars, when I think about the nighttime, I'm still looking up to God and I'm still giving him praise. Oh yeah, I'm about to preach in just a minute here. Psalms 8, 3, and 4, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Can I tell somebody that's in the darkness of night in your life and you're dealing with dark circumstances and dark trials and a dark day that it's in the darkness that God is thinking the most about his people. He said in the nighttime when the moon and the stars are out, the Lord has me on his mind. What is man? I've come to tell somebody that feels forgotten and forsaken. And you wonder, does God even know where I am? In your nighttime, you have a God that you're on his mind tonight. Oh, I wish somebody praise him. Hallelujah. Oh, I wish somebody praise him right now. Amen, you got to understand that you're on God's mind tonight. God has not forgotten his church, and God has not forgotten his people. God has not forgotten you in your struggle and in your trial. As a matter of fact, it's in the night 
when God says that what when David said that what is man that thou art mindful of him but God doesn't only think about us when we're in the dark but God visits us in the night it was in the night that Jesus was born in Bethlehem it was in the night when the stars were shining that Jesus said I'm showing up in the nighttime may I tell somebody that God still shows up in the nighttime of your circumstances in the nighttime of your situations, in the nighttime of your trials, in the nighttime of your problems. God is thinking about you and he wants to visit you tonight. Oh, I wish somebody'd praise him right now. Can I tell you it is my opinion? Oh God, I can't stop right now. Come on, let's go ahead and praise him. Oh, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost trying to come up on somebody that you've been dealing with darkness. You've been dealing with difficulty. You've been dealing with problems. You've been surrounded by the dark of night. I've come to tell you, you're not far from God. You're closer to God in your trial than you are at any other time because it's in the night that God is mindful of you and God wants to visit you. Can I tell you, Lord Jesus, I feel something right now. Oh, I feel something in the Holy Ghost right now. Because I've heard way too many people talking about how the time for revival has come and gone. That this world is too far gone. It's too wicked. It's too dark. It's too bad. There's too much sin. May I tell you that I believe that the Bible is right when it says where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. I believe in an end time Holy Ghost inspired revival. I believe that there's still a remnant in this generation that in the nighttime there shall be light. My God, I wish somebody praise God. There's a promise of revival for the people of God. There is a divine visitation coming in the nighttime of our generation. May I tell you something I said several months ago that we learn more about God in our trials than we do in our victories. The best things about God are learned in our difficulties and our problems. We don't know, we don't know in our good times that God is faithful in the midst of the storm. We don't know. Look, you can't get a healing if you don't get sick. You can't get a miracle without a problem. You can't have victory without a battle. You can't be an overcomer without something to overcome. There's victory in the house of God and there's victory in the name of Jesus. Oh, I wish somebody praise him right now. I'm trying to dig some stuff up in somebody and let you know that now is the time to praise him. Don't wait till the battle's over. Shout now. Don't wait till the report comes. Shout while it's still dark. Don't wait till you get the victory report. Shout while it's still dark. It's in the dark that he's mindful and he's visiting. Amen. The book of Habakkuk. Chapter number three, verses one and two, it says a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet. I'd like to know what his mama was thinking. I mean, there was a perfectly good name like John or Joe. But they picked Habakkuk for whatever reason. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet. 
upon Shiganoth. Oh Lord, listen to what he says. I've heard thy speech and was afraid. Anybody ever hear something from God that makes you afraid? I have. I've heard warnings from God that made me afraid. I've heard preaching come over this pulpit that I thought, my God, I don't know how somebody didn't repent right then. Amen. I've heard preachers get up and preach about the judgment and the wrath of God. And when I heard that, I was afraid. But he said, oh, Lord, I have heard thy speech, and I was afraid. Let me tell you, there's coming a day of judgment on this world. There's coming a day of reckoning for the sinner and for this world. There's coming a, and when I hear that, when I understand that one of these days the trumpet's going to sound and the church is going to be called out and the wrath of God is going to be poured out, it makes me afraid of what's going to happen in this world when the church is taken out of here. I've heard thy speech and I was afraid. Oh, Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. Can I tell you that in the middle of all the mess, God wants to send a revival. Amen. God's not done with America, and God's not done with the world, and God's not done with Mississippi, and God's not done with your family. In the midst of the years, revive thy work. That's what I'm praying tonight. God, send a Holy Ghost revival. God, send a Holy Ghost revival. Send a move of your spirit, God. One more time, send a wave of the Holy Ghost. I'd like to clean out every drug rehab and every prison in North Mississippi and bring them right here and baptize them in Jesus' name and see them filled with the Holy Ghost. God, revive. I'd like to see backsliders come down that aisle and throw their junk at the altar and say, I'm coming home. Revive thy work in the midst of the years. Let me just tell you, I had a vision just now while I'm standing here of somebody that used to be in this church full of the Holy Ghost. They're not here right now, but I just had the vision of them standing right here in the altar with their hands up. I'm expecting it to happen. I'm expecting revival. I'm expecting it to come to pass in Jesus' name. Lord, revive. It's been years. It's been years since we've seen it. But brother Stan, I believe in to see it again in Jesus' name. Oh God, I wish somebody would help me praise God for it right now. I know you don't know who I'm talking about. And I know that you don't know what I'm thinking. But I wish you'd help me praise God for it right now. Just like it was your family. Just like it was your son. Revive thy work, Lord. Send another wave of revival, oh God. Send it to our cities. Send it to our towns. Send it to our neighborhoods. Send it to our factories. Send it to our schools. Send it, oh God. Send another wave of revival. Oh, I believe, look, I believe, I believe, Brother Patton, you and I were talking in the prayer room. I believe what we were talking about. We're standing on the edge of another great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. There's a fresh, there's a fresh anointing of the Spirit that God's going to pour out. What we've seen is just the beginning. It was just sent to whet our appetite so we'll be hungry for more. But what we've seen is just the first step to a revival that's going to shake this world. 
I wish somebody would help me thank God for it right now. I wish somebody would help me praise God for that outpouring of the Spirit. Send it, God. Send it, God. Send it, God. Send it. Send it. Send it. Send it. Send it. Revive it. Revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years. Look at the next phrase. In the midst of the years, make known. Let me tell you, this world right now thinks that God's not alive. They think he's a dead, long-ago God. They think he's a figment of imagination and a mythical creature. I hear him and I read him all the time talking about the myth of Genesis and the myth of Matthew and the myth of the Bible to the world They don't know him, and they don't know his power, and they don't know his grace, and they don't know he's a miracle worker. They don't know he's a deliverer. They don't know he's a very present help in the time of trouble. They don't know, they don't know, they don't know that he still calms the raging seas, and he still opens graves. They don't know that he still brings people out. They don't know that in his name there is power. They don't know that he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. They don't know that he has dominion over leukemia and he has dominion over diabetes and he has dominion over drug addiction and he has dominion over depression. They don't know, but he's getting ready to make himself known one more time. He's going to reveal himself as the God who is above it all. He's the God of healing. He's the God of deliverance. He's the God of joy. He's the God of peace. He's the God of the breakthrough. He's the God of the revival. Hey, make yourself known. Make yourself known, God as the God over cancer and the God over heart disease and the God over mental illness and the God over alcoholism. Make yourself known as the God that's a burden bear. That's a God who's a heavy load share. That's a God that's a lifter of my head. And he's the God that brings my babies back to the house of God. He's the God of my breakthrough. He's the God of my revival. He's the God of my financial breakthrough. He's the God of my family. Make yourself known, God. Oh, yes, Lord. Can I tell you one other thing tonight? Can I tell you the next phrase? Said, Lord, in wrath, remember mercy. Can I tell you what my biggest beef with Pentecostals is in 2021? My biggest beef is too many Pentecostals would rather see the world judged. They would rather see the wrath of God poured out on the world than to see mercy poured out on the world. But not here. I'm not asking God to judge the world. I'm asking God, send mercy to the house right now. Send mercy to the abuser that's full of rage and anger. He doesn't need killing, he needs saving. He's the Holy Ghost. 
God in wrath, remember mercy. You know what I want to be? I want to be a church that when people walk through those doors, we're not trying to remember everything they did. When they walk through the doors, they get a clean slate. They get a fresh start. They get a new beginning. Lord in wrath, remember mercy. If we can't be merciful, then we can't be like God. Well, I wish somebody would praise. I understand. I understand. we got to be careful. I understand. People got issues. we got to keep our... But we've got to be merciful to people. Woo, glory. Oh, yes, Lord. Remember mercy. God, remember mercy. I've seen people look down their nose at other people's kids. Why are they acting that way? Why are they doing that? Why are they doing? And they, but if it was your kids, you would want mercy on them. You'd want somebody praying that God would bring them out. Let me tell you, before we ever criticize somebody that's lost in sin, we ought to throw a prayer up to heaven and say, God, be merciful to them one more time. God, be merciful to them. In wrath, remember mercy. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord all over this place. I believe we got a merciful God getting ready to show his works. I believe we got a merciful God that are getting ready to show his works here. Oh, that's right. Lift your hands, Lord. Have your way, God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, have your way. God, in the name of Jesus. God, we're tired. We don't want just regular old church. We want to move of the Holy Ghost. We want you to speak to us. You all, you all giggled a while ago when I said in, from Habakkuk chapter number 3 and verse 1, where it said a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet upon Shiganoth. Shiganoth got a couple of giggles. It's an interesting word. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting word. I've read through that, Brother Craig, over and over in my life. And I always thought that Shiganoth was a geographical location. It was an area, a region, a city, a village of some sort, and that he was praying over a city called Shiganoth. And so I'd read it, and I'd just think that, and I'd keep on reading and not paying any attention to it. 
And then one day I thought, well, I'd like to know where that is. And so I got looking at it and I realized it's not a place. It's not a place at all. Shiganoth is a musical term. And what Shiganoth is, is it is a wild, rhythmic, exuberant song of praise. A Shiganoth can't be done with your head down low. A Shiganoth can't be done saying, oh, it's so hard, it's so terrible, it's so bad. I don't know if I can make it. I feel like I'm just going to give up today. You can't, that's not Shiganoth. Shiganoth is wild and rhythmic and exuberant and exciting. And he says the prayer of Habakkuk the prophet upon Shiganoth. He said, what I'm doing now is what I'm getting ready to tell you and what I've been talking to you about is not a reason to hang your head and be sad. What I'm telling you is a reason to rejoice. In, in Habakkuk chapter number one, Habakkuk is mad because he feels like God has forgotten him. He says, Lord, how long will I cry and you don't hear me? Anybody ever feel that way? Lord, how many times am I going to have to pray the same prayer and you don't hear me? I prayed it over and over. I prayed for this person year after year and God, you just don't hear me. I've asked you, God, and you don't. And so in chapter one, he's, he's upset because he feels like his prayers are never going to be answered. And then in Habakkuk chapter number two, he's mad at the people. Because they've made idols out of wood and stone and they're worshiping their idols instead of God. And so in chapter 1 he says, I pray and you don't hear me. In chapter 2 he's mad because they're worshiping idols. And in chapter 3 it gets even worse. In chapter 3 he tells us about what happens when people worship idols instead of God. And in verse 17, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall there be fruit in the vines... The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock will be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. He said, here's what we got now. Everything that we've depended on is gone. Everything we thought we could rely on is gone. The fig tree is not going to blossom. We're not going to have any sweetness anymore. There's not going to be fruit in the vines. We're not going to have any fruit to show for anything. The labor of the olive is going to fail. Without no olive, there's no olive oil. Without no oil, there's no light. There's no revelation. There's no lamp. There's no anointing because you need the oil for anointing. So now we've lost the sweetness. We've lost the fruit. We've lost the anointing. The field shall yield no meat. That meat, that word there means grain. There's no corn. There's no wheat. There's no barley. There's no rye. In other words, there's no bread. So we've lost the fruit. We've lost the anointing. And we've lost the bread. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there'll be no herd in the stalls. Now, not only are we not going to have anything to eat, but we also aren't going to have anything to sacrifice. So what the enemies come after is our fruitfulness, our anointing, our harvest, our sacrifice, our worship, utter devastation. What am I going to do when all that I thought I had is broken and I wonder can we ever have revival again I mean think about how rough that looks 
Are you still with me for a second? Think about how bad it is when everything you thought you could depend on is gone and taken away. What are you going to do? I'm going to tell you what the prophet of God said. He said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a shigging off. I'm going to have a shigging off about it because I realize that none of that stuff really has power to do anything for me. What I really need is a move of God, and I can't get a move of God without a praise. So what I'm going to have is a shigging off. When it looks like there's no, when it looks like there's no reason to rejoice, I'm going to have a wild, rhythmic, exuberant praise that comes up out of me when it makes no sense. When it looks like there's no reason, when the doctor's report is bad, when the attorney's report is bad, when everything looks bad, I tell you how I'm going to react. I'm going to react with the praise to my God because I know hey, something wild's about to come up in Bethlehem right now. Something wild's about to take off in somebody. Let me tell you, you've got to let your praise determine your circumstances, not your circumstances. Determine your praise. You've got to have a shigging off mindset that says no matter what happens out there, yet I throw, 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 the, throw verse, uh, can you throw verse 18 and 19 of Habakkuk 3 on the wall? Just wave at me when you get a chance. you got to understand that you cannot let, let your circumstances have dominion over your life. You understand? You can't let your circumstances rule your life. If you let your circumstances rule your praise, the devil will always make sure that you've got a region, that you've got a circumstance to hold you back. If you let the devil take your worship, he'll always give you a reason not to worship. But when you have trouble all around, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I'm not praising my trouble. I'm praising my God. I've learned that I got to have a shigging off. I've learned that no matter how bad it is out there, I got to rejoice in the Lord. I wish somebody would do it right now. I wish somebody that's facing the devil head on would give God a Shiganoth praise. My praise is greater than my enemy. My praise is greater than my trial. My praise is greater than the devil. It's a Shiganoth. It's a Shiganoth moment. Oh God, I preached on this passage of scripture in 1991 in Key West, Florida on a Thursday night. It was hot as the devil in that room. I preached a message back then, 30 years ago, titled Praising on a Hungry Stomach. Tonight I'm preaching Shiganoth. Because look at what happens in verse 19. You see what, you, you understand the flow. Chapter one, negative. Chapter two, negative. At the start of chapter three, he makes up my mind. I'm going to have a shigging off no matter what. 
I've made a, I, I'm tired of one and two. I'm tired of the complaining and griping. I'm tired of looking at my circumstances. But I made up my mind now I'm going to have a wild, exuberant praise no matter what comes. And then the next thing that happens is everything goes bad. Have you, ever, have you ever noticed that how when you really make up your mind, I'm going to turn my life towards God, it seems like the devil starts throwing everything up. You know how you respond to that? You just keep your shiganoth commitment to God, and yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. Amen. Now. Anybody, anyone, anybody want to have about, about three minutes of school in the summer? They say that, that sometimes people are like school in the summer, no class. We're going to have some school in the summer. I want, I want one of you English majors to tell me what that, 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 that phrase, will, what does will mean? What is will? What's the tense of will? Future, thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Our young man. Our Mexican young man knows better English than the rest of us. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Will, future, right? It's future. So it means that I don't have, I haven't had my transformation yet. I'm praising God with my old feet. I'm praising God. You see, a hind, it says, uh, he will make my feet like hind's feet. A hind is a deer that's made for walking on mountaintops. Its feet are specially designed not for the valley, but for the mountain. Amen. He said, here's what's going to happen when I commit myself to that kind of praise. There's going to be a transformation that happens where I can't walk on the mountaintop right now. But if I'll give God one of those nighttime praises, if I'll give him a praise, a shiganoth, even when everything looks bad, there's going to be a transformation that happens to my walk. But it hadn't happened yet. But I'm not waiting till it happens to worship. I'm not waiting till my breakthrough comes to give him my praise. I made up my mind about praise before my trial got back. I, got, I wish somebody would run up here and give me a high five and just go ahead and praise God. I'm telling you, it's revival time in somebody's life. If you learn that you can unlock the glory of God in your life by how you approach your circumstances and situations, he will make... Oh, when God sends my, when God sends my blessing. My dad always used to say, when my ship comes in, when my ship comes in, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Pop, your ship ain't never coming in. Because if you sit in the harbor and wait, it's not coming. You have to be a boat builder. If you spend all your life waiting for your ship to come in, it's not coming. But if you'll spend your life being a boat builder, you can get somewhere. If you wait and wait and wait for your breakthrough, you might never get your breakthrough. But if you'll understand the mindset that I am a Shiganoth worshiper in the middle of the darkness, in the middle of my trial, in the middle of my problem, I am not waiting on my circumstances to change. I'm not waiting on my feet to change. I'm going to praise God in my trial because I've learned a lesson that the Lord is my strength and my transformation comes after my praise. Let me ask you something. Get ready to step out on 
some dangerous territory. How many is going to worship when we have our 100 soul revival this year? Then we ain't going to have it. Because you don't wait till after it comes to worship. Your worship creates the atmosphere for it to come in. Oh, when I get my breakthrough, I'm going to shout. Well, you may never get your breakthrough, honey, because your breakthrough comes from your praise. Hey, what I'm preaching is a mindset that brings victory and dominion to your life. It brings spiritual alignment to your soul. make my feet like Heinz feet and he will I want somebody to shout will. will I want you to shout will like you really mean it will. he will make me to walk on my high places I've come to tell the person that's wondered if your best days were behind if your greatest miracles were behind I've come to tell you the thought that maybe the best days for the kingdom are behind. I've come to tell you he will make you walk in a high place. There's another level for you, honey. There's another level for you, sweetheart. There's another level for you, sir. There's another level of revival for Bethlehem. We haven't quite reached our high place yet.
you to do is I want you to think about that thing that you've been asking God for. I realize it may not be everybody, but there's some here. It's that thing that's been weighing on you, the thing that's been your burden and your trial. Whatever that is, every time it comes to your mind, I want you to begin to praise God. I'm not telling you you have to pull your car on off the side of the road and run down the median. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying when that when that, that impulse to fear and doubt comes and the enemy tries to drain from you all the faith that God just poured into you in the last little bit of time, that you open your mouth or you clap your hands or you wave your hands or you th say that, but I want you to make a commitment to give a praise every time the devil tries to steal your faith. some things that I feel like God's given me as a dream for our future. And every time I start to think about it, in the back of my mind, I get that, that thought, no, you can't do it. You're not able. You don't have the resources. And every time that thought comes to mind, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, thank you, God, because you can make it happen. That person you're praying, praying for and you're wondering if they'll ever turn. Every time you get that thought of doubt, I want you to just say, God, I thank you because you can still reach them. You can still save them. For that person that you're wondering if you can hold on, you've been there's somebody in this room right now, you've been wondering if you're going to be able to hold on. You, the devil's told you it's just a matter of time and you're going to be back out in the world, back out in your addiction. The devil is a liar. And every time that thought comes to mind, I want you to say, God, thank you for keeping me. Thank you, God, for keeping me. Amen. Every time fear for your sickness or disease comes to your mind, I want you to say, say God, I thank you because you're able to bring me through. You're able to make a way. You understand what, what I'm talking about is it being more than just a 15-minute emotional experience, but that we pick up what we got here and we take it with us and we put it in action and we make the devil know that we're not giving up because it's Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, but I'm expecting to walk in dominion and power and anointing on Thursday and Friday and every day. Thank 
enough finances. You determine what it is. Whatever that is in your mind right now that you're dealing with, I want you just to thank God for the breakthrough right now. came over here and threw a wad of money. And I, I kind of jokingly turned to Tori and said, your dad must have an addiction to money. <laughs> but uh, you, what he was doing was planting a seed. He talked to me just a minute ago and he felt like if somebody in here is having a financial struggle, a financial battle, you don't know how to make ends meet, you don't know what to do, plant that seed. He's feeling it in the spirit and I'm agreeing with him. If you'll take that money, bring it up here, it may not be a lot. I mean, you, you may have very little on you, and you may need it for bills, but I'm telling you, if you'll trust in God, I've seen him do it many, many times. He's done it in my life. If you're struggling right now, you want to plant a seed of faith in money and watch God bless you, I'm telling you right now is the time to do it, because he will bless you. He will bless you abundantly. He will bless you mightily. God will take this, and he will return it a hundredfold in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, bring it. Bring it unto the Lord.